0: Good morning everybody and welcome. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88, depending on where you are across the amazing country that we call home. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, Positively Different Radio with Lyle and...
1: Mon, good morning, everyone.
0: Hey, Mon, I'm going to make some prophecies this morning.
1: Oh, go ahead, Lyle.
0: Okay, I'm going to prophesy Mm -hmm. that Darren Pratt is going to come in and do (laughs) an interview. And in that interview, he's going to talk about all the different divisions that he has here. He's going to tell us some exciting stories about what's actually happening in those children's divisions here at Big Camp. um, And that in one of them, there's a shipwreck, in another one, there's a castle. In another one, you're snorkeling under the water, and then he's going to talk about some heavy issues in relationship to children and pornography, and that um, we're also going to talk about uh, the you know the, the some of the problems that pornography is dealing with in in the world as a whole. This is something I, I, I'm, I'm prophesying. This is all very of
1: this. prophetic, actually. Oh, absolutely, I, it kind of sounds like fun. Fact, Let fact, me have a go at prophesying. Okay, all right. I prophesy that you and I at one point today will go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I also predict that uh, we're going to have a quiz and you're well, not, your, your not going to know the answer to your the quiz. Pro- your like, prophecy about, about clues. the beach
0: may or may not come
1: through. <laughs> but it's a lot more likely because of today's beautiful weather, which is actually yesterday's but beautiful But your prophecy weather.
0: about the quiz will will actually happen.
1: Yeah, my prophecy about the quiz, one that stumps you, almost runs to the last two clues. I'm going to
0: prophesy that you're going to talk about toilets.
1: Yeah, I am going to talk about toilets. <laughs> How do we know this? Ah, because
0: it's already happened and you bunch are listening to the delayed broadcast.
1: You are listening to the delayed broadcast, but do you know what? Don't fret. You can actually just as easily jump over and join us on the live show where we couldn't and we possibly would love you to do that it's so much more
0: fun and we would love your company on the live show where we can't prophesy anything because we don't know what's coming up
1: next it's very easy all you need to do is one of two things you can either jump on our website which is faithferfamousaustralia.com.au and just press play on the live stream Or they can go to um, download the app called TuneIn
0: Radio. Mm. And, of course, when you download the app, make sure you get the free version. They will try and charge you for it. And look for
1: Faith FM Australia.
0: And put it in your favourites.
1: Yeah, and then you can listen to our show anywhere on the planet. In fact, in mine,
0: it's the only one in my favourites.
1: Oh, how about that? Yeah, absolutely. Why why would I listen to to any other radio? Well, I don't know. Get some tips. (laughs) Do you know what, my, do you know what is always the best. I listen to two shows. I listen to this one and I listen to one in South Africa called Cape Talk, but they're very, very good.
0: Mod, why do you listen to a South African station?
1: Actually, Af- uh, South Africa is renowned for having excellent radio programming and education. They have an entire college. there dedicated to radio. So I have a friend who put me onto the show and then I started listening. I was like, man, this is really professional stuff. So, yeah. That seems
0: kind of random, but anyway, why not?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Okay, so we have a great program coming up. Stay tuned, don't go anywhere. We know exactly what's coming your way, and it is, I think, one of our best programs of
1: this year. Yeah, enjoy.
0: Good music coming up right now.
2: Your head for love is passing by
0: Hilary Scott and the Scott family with Come to Jesus here on Faith FM. Mon. Yes. What's our... What's our... Well, okay, so we should start with that quiz, shouldn't we? I, yes. I was going to say our uh, fun story for today, but let's have the quiz.
1: Okay, so this quiz, I am going to make this a What Book Am I quiz. And of course, it's What Book of the Bible? And the first clue is, a little bit macabre, the word death is found most often in this book of the Bible. A total of 31 times.
0: Oh come on. Seriously, what kind of a what kind of a clue
1: is that? That's not even
0: a clue. <laughs>
1: That's a good clue. Do That's you know what it clue. is? Of course I
0: don't know what it is.
1: You do? No. Ha ha ha. So you don't think it's a good clue because you didn't get it. <laughs> That's a useless clue. <laughs> the word death is found most often in this book of the Bible, a total of 31 times. If you think you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we will send you the prize, which today we're going to make a Soyan Eastern CD, The Journey of the Spirit. wonderful.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Now, I am surprised that there is a book of the Bible that speaks about death the most, more than anything else, and it's only 31 times. If you were to grab the average novel out there, you know, I think it would speak about death a whole lot more than that.
1: Well, I guess it depends on the story. Yeah. Yeah. 1 800 Faith FM, it's 1 800 324 843. Or you can text me 0491 um, 064 You can even just message me on Facebook if you want. It's Faith FM Australia. And we will send you the Soyum Eastern album.
0: I guess what happened in Bathurst yesterday?
1: What? that an earthquake. Are you serious? Yeah. In Bathurst? In Bathurst.
0: Just, just across the mountains from... Is yeah. everyone okay? Yeah, it was only like 2.6. A
1: little wiggle? Yeah.
0: <laughs> it sounded, sounded like thunder in the background and people wondering what was going on and it was an earthquake.
1: Nothing fell over?
0: Nothing fell over. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it's kind of random though, isn't it? I
1: wonder if it's their first ever. Probably. Yeah, that's a of the time.
0: Absolutely. It's like
1: getting earthquakes in The Bible
0: says earthquakes in diverse places just before Jesus comes back.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Lyle. I'm
0: disappointed I wasn't there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, you and I kind of had the goal of experiencing uh, a little itty-bitty earthquake. Yes. Not a life-threatening one.
0: Just don't <clears> want to feel the ground just, move. Yeah, just want to feel Every it. Every time move. I go to New Zealand, I tell my friends, cook me up an earthquake, and they're like, yeah, 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 we'll have one. And then they never do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I missed one once just by two and a half hours. Yeah, because it was in New York City and I just left that morning mm-hmm. and uh, we had already driven um, out of the out of most of the state and then I saw on the news as we are tanking up at a fuel station, we'd just missed an earthquake and I was like, I was just <laughs> no, there, just you there. couldn't have like sped it up or something. <laughs> yeah, just anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, your son, your oldest son. Oh, uh, yes. Harley, he's a very good friend of mine. Uh-huh. I consider him a little brother. And uh, a while ago, we decided to have this personal challenge between the two of us to help us to um, type better on our devices. Like on our phones, we were writing text messages. Okay. And the rule was, was, we were not allowed to correct typos. So, if whatever came out of our thumbs... We had to press send on that. <laughs> this
0: is going to go badly. It was
1: a tumultuous two weeks. <laughs> this is going
0: to go very bad. We
1: sent some real corkers. <laughs> and by the end of the two weeks, we were typing a lot more carefully, a lot more slowly. Um, but we learned you know, our lesson. And that's fine because you know, it's just him and I. But can you imagine when Tourism Fiji <laughs> makes a typo and forgets to correct it?
0: Okay, so this is a case of uh, autocorrect kicking in, is it?
1: I we're not even sure. It doesn't. No one's been. Uh, no one. Well, they have tried to blame a graphic design error, but uh, tourism Fiji they've had to apologise because they released a promotional video, and in it, And of course,
0: Fiji is a great place for tourism. It's like one of the the premium locations in the South South Pacific Pacific for tourism.
1: Yep, like all the cruise ships go there. Yeah. So they have this promotional video that they released, and it has an incorrect translation. Because um, they were doing like, you know, local words, you know, trying to do um, uh, showcase every day Fijian words for international visitors. And uh, instead of having um, the, the local word for church, it had the word for toilet.
3: Oh, no. <laughs>
1: so the words vale ni luto was translated as toilet. But in fact, it means a place of worship or a church. They have removed the, uh, the video from their social media accounts, but it's too late there's just been a social media storm of anger and derision. People are just outraged and disgusted.
0: I think people should just laugh this one off. I mean, seriously, come on.
1: uh, One of their their politicians, uh, Jackie Spite, she did say on her Twitter, one job, Tourism Fiji, one job. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great. I think
0: Tourism Fiji probably planned this. They're going to get way more promotion this way than any other way.
1: I had no idea they'd released a video until now. that's right.
0: Uh, That's just fantastic. I remember when uh, my same same son, Harley, Mm -hmm. um, was in Cambodia and he was preaching at a church over there, of course being translated, but wanted to learn a few uh, local words so that he could fit in a little bit and asked what the word for thank you was. Mm. Because people were thanking him for the presentation that he had made in this particular church. And so they told him the word for thank you. Uh Well, the word for thank you in Cambodia apparently is – very similar to the word for toilet. <laughs> oh, Harley. <laughs> and so they would come out and they would thank him for his presentation and he would say, toilet. <laughs> and the next person would come out and thank him for his presentation and he would say, toilet.
1: <laughs> oh, Harley. And, and, of
0: course, you know, Asian people are so polite they didn't say anything. They not correct him. But he did have a friend who went there some time later. And uh, and and apparently they were asking him, "Oh, do you know the man? Do you, do you know Harley? You know th- this this guy?" Um, and they told him the story. And they were they were laughing
1: behind his back. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't direct him to the nearest laboratory. <laughs> oh, he must need one. It's this direction. <laughs> oh, poor Harley. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> uh, lost in translation. Have you ever been lost in translation, Mon?
1: Um, I can't think of any times. I know that my brother, my brother, when he was at Bible College, um. He met a Korean girl and he wanted to know... Uh, in Korean, how to tell someone to to, to be quiet a bit forcefully, and uh, and she didn't think that was very nice, and so instead she taught him how to say um, "I love you" and "You're cute," <laughs> and so he was going Sarang hai, sarang hair which means "I love you, you're beautiful," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was left to think that's what he oh, was saying the whole fantastic. of Bible college, and <laughs> then it wasn't until fantastic. graduation that we told him. <laughs> if you have any yeah. lost in translation stories, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. Share those with us now, Lyle. Yes, when you think of electric vehicles, what country do you usually think of? What nation is the first that pops into your mind?
0: The United States, I think, had the first electric car
1: Mm. back
0: in what was the 1920s, 1930s.
1: Oh, really? All the way back then? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. What about
0: maybe it was a little bit later than that? No, it was later than that, it was definitely later than that, but they had the first electric car.
1: What about now, like in, in this day and age?
0: Well, the the first thing that comes into my mind is Tesla Mm -hmm. because I Mm -hmm. want to own one. I want to drive one.
1: Yeah, which are being built in America by a South African named after a Serbian. Yes. So, that's the mishmash. But actually, did you know the Chinese are starting to dominate the electrical vehicle market?
0: And that does not surprise me, you know. Mm -hmm. The Chinese are sort of dominating so many markets and they are reading the world market and they're like, yeah,
1: you know. Was a Let's lot. get on
0: the bad wagon. They have a well, huge Well the good population. thing about this is they'll probably be able to buy an electric car for like five grand.
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, the price is gonna come down now if the Chinese are getting involved. So they just had their I mean, what's a
0: the cherry worth these days? I uh, it's walk. Well, be- pick up a second hand yeah, cherry for, change. for a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Change.
1: So in Beijing they had the uh the, the International um, Automobile Festival uh, expo, and they had a hundred new models. Um, of electric cars. And this isn't just something that they're uh, just interested in of their own accord um, because apparently even uh, international car giants are trying to court the Chinese market and they actually also unveiled some um, electric SUVs. Mm But uh, NEVs, as they're called, new energy vehicles, they're not just fashionable um, because apparently they're they're quite vogue in China's big cities, but they're also being actively pushed by the Chinese government. Um, So there's subsidies for manufacturers and there's actually a planned cap-and-trade quota system. Uh, It's going to force car companies to make at least 10% of um, their vehicles, NEVs, or they're going to face fines. So company cars, 10% that is, that have to be NEVs. That is
0: incredibly impressive. Yeah. And, and it's a sign of the future. It's a sign of, uh, you know, it, it tells me two things. One is that God has created us as human beings. We are amazing creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we are able to create being, you know, made in the image of God and God being a creative person. We are able to create just incredible stuff, mm-hmm. and the other thing it tells me is that you know it's good to see people who are actually taking, you know, responsibility for the planet. Stewardship, the Bible calls that.
1: Mm, yes, I've been learning all about uh, money stewardship in my in my workshops. Ah, there so, you go. Yeah, yeah. but stewardship good is work. also about you know looking after other things that we've been given. So not just money, but like our bodies, um, the planet. You know, in Genesis, you know, we were given. Uh, the job of looking after the planet and the environment And so yeah, I think this is We were great. given
0: dominion over the planet mm-hmm. And dominion means that it is our responsibility to look after it
1: Indeed And if you would like to come join us At the Stewart's Point Convention Centre for some workshops We have all kinds of stuff happening today uh, Not just for the adults, but for kiddies too uh, It's 250 Grassy Head Road and Grassy Heads, Stewart Point Convention Centre There's even a beach down around the corner You can come join us for a swim And Lyle and I go for a dip When the sun comes out this afternoon <music> We'll mm-hmm.
0: back, Everybody, that was Mal Venus. I want Jesus to walk with me. Mal Venus is here at Big Camp. Oh, she is absolutely!
1: Oh, wow, yeah, with her husband, yes, yeah, oh, and go family. They're all absolutely, yeah, of course. You and should. I've never met them, but I really want to meet them. <laughs> oh, you were, you are in
0: for a treat. You are Why don't in for we interview them on
1: people. the show? Maybe that's a
0: really good idea. Let's I'm get them on board and I'm chase them down today,
1: do it tomorrow get, morning, get
0: them to come in and. I think I've got a spot tomorrow morning too. Oh, nice. Let's see if we can do that. Let's hunt them. Yeah, absolutely. I need to talk to uh, her husband anyway because we have a a radio license in his area. So we need to get that up and running. Oh. All right. So quiz. Where are we up to with our quiz? What
1: book am I? The first
0: clue was a waste of time. Come (laughs) on.
1: (laughs) Just because you couldn't get it. No, it was a waste of time. (laughs) Clue number two. This is a quote from this book. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain.
0: Okay, so now I really should know the answer to this one and I don't. So now I'm embarrassed.
1: Yeah, You've been
0: getting me all week. You've been hitting me with hard ones all confused, week. He's
1: confused. He's embarrassed. If you think you know the answer, call us up. We'll quote. give you a prize. Do you know what, dear listener? If you can call me up and tell me the answer before Lyle can figure it out, I'll give you two CDs. How about that?
3: One eight hundred faith FM. That's
1: one <laughs> Tell me what book of the Bible is that verse from.
0: Okay, so here's a little bit of a more serious story. We've uh, been bombarded the last year with the Me Too campaign. Mm -hmm. And uh, what effect do you think that that might be having um, on, say, sexual assault and that kind of thing?
1: You'd think it, I mean, you'd hope that it would be curtailing it to some degree.
0: Okay, so in the United States military it's up by 10%. uh, The Marines heading it with a 15% increase in sexual assault.
1: Is that uh, incidences or reported incidences? Because the Me Too campaign was all about empowering um, victims to come forward and say this has happened. So maybe the number of assaults is the same or dropping is just that people are coming forward and saying, hey, it happened.
0: Well, these are convictions. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, so there's a number of – but what people are looking into is what is it it that is actually driving um – this mm-hmm. and it's not so much um, that more people are coming forward. Um, one of the things that they're looking at is as a driving factor is porn. Oh, really? So you've got the Me Too campaign fighting one way, and you've got porn fighting the other way. Mm-hmm. And while ever nobody, well ever no one's doing anything about porn and the porn industry, mm-hmm. then the Me Too campaign is going to accomplish probably exactly nothing.
1: Yeah, that's true. I uh, I think porn has a lot to answer for, and I think people don't realise that a lot of people advocate porn as being something healthy
0: yeah they do and um we need to recognize that porn is degrading particularly for women Mm -hmm. and from a man's perspective it uh turns women into objects of gratification and so then when they are in their community whatever their community might be and of course this is the military community that we're talking about here uh, that th- 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 that attitude of women being objects of gratification doesn't change. Mm. And it's not that it goes all one way because, you know, there are statistics in some countries showing that uh, porn addiction affects up to 50% of young ladies as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I know um, female friends of mine who have porn addictions. So yeah. yeah. So it's,
0: it's not all just one way in, mm-hmm. in this thing, but it is something that, Definitely kills love. You know, there's a whole movement out there of you know porn kills love, and we need to actually look at the reality of you know the porn soaked society that is being created at this particular time, and we need to do something about this. Yeah, I definitely need to highlight. You know, the fact that you know I've got a I've got a, uh, a a young son who's just finished his apprenticeship. And while he was doing his tech course, you know, many of his mates, and you know, they're in their late teens, um, are dependent on on Viagra to be able to get an erection because of porn-induced erectile dysfunction.
1: Oh, my goodness. Wow. At
0: that age.
1: That's terrible at that age. They're supposed to be in their sexual peak, their sexual prime. Yeah. They shouldn't have any troubles at that age. That's terrible. Yeah, I definitely think that... um, we need to attack it with more of a double edged sword than a single edged sword and i think the, the me too campaign while it's you know i have nothing against it but i definitely think we need to um join in that fight with a fight against porn because, uh, like you said, if we just go at it with the Me Too campaign, we're not going to get that far. Yeah, you're just
0: putting a band aid on the top of a of a, mm. a massive cancer that has, uh, you know, gone through the whole body.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, so there's my my uh, first rather um, serious story for the week. The second one is uh, is about Pope Francis. Okay. Um, who is preparing a uh, peace summit? Uh, for the Middle East that is holding in the city of Barry in Italy. And Shell and I were in Barry uh, a couple of years ago, visited that city. Okay. Um, quite a nice spot. And there's some beautiful churches and so forth there. Do you know why he has chosen this particular location?
1: I've never even heard of Barry.
0: Barry is a place on the east coast of Italy, which has the uh, relics of St. Nicholas.
1: Oh, as in Santa Claus? I'm um,
0: let me get back to you on whether it's Santa Claus or not, but it's definitely St. Nicholas. The, the key thing in relationship to St. Nicholas, I believe it is Santa Claus actually, um, is that he is sacred to both the Christian church and the Orthodox church. Uh, let me say that again. He's sacred to both the Roman Catholic church and the Orthodox church. Mm-hmm. And so... He's held in, uh, in in reverence by uh, Christians of the Russian Orthodox Church who, of course, are allies of Syria. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Christians in Syria, so you're Syrian Orthodox, uh, Egyptian, Coptic, um, Iraqi Christians, um, Lebanese Christians, and so forth. And so uh, he sees this as being a symbolic place to hold a peace conference uh, to try and bring about uh, peace in the Middle East. Mm-hmm which I find fascinating because the Middle East for the last uh, 40 or 50 years has been the primary area of operation for the Jesuits um, in recent times.
2: Oh, really? And
0: so the Jesuit order specializes in sending their operatives into, into you know, um, uh, particular trouble spots in the world, and this has been their greatest area of operation throughout that time. Wow. Okay, so that makes me wonder because it's, yeah. quite, okay, it's like, all right, the Jesuits are in operation. Historically, we know that the Jesuits have, you know, uh, in the past been the ones who have actually stirred up the wars. We look at the Middle East. It seems to be impossible to, uh, to gain any kind of peace there. And it's like, well, what is actually going on here? Mm-hmm. Um you know I can read a historical quote here from uh, from the Jesuits and uh, this one is from the Library of Congress catalog card number six six four three three five four, fourth fourth degree oath of the Jesuits that they still use today where it says you have been taught to insidiously plant the seeds of jealousy and hatred between communities, provinces and states that were in peace and incite them to deeds of blood involving them in war with each other.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And to create revolutions and civil wars in countries that were independent and prosperous, cultivating the arts and the sciences, enjoying the blessings of peace. To take sides with the combatants and to act secretly in concert with your brother Jesuit, who might be engaged on the other side, but openly opposed to that with which you might be connected. Uh, never, Yeah, okay, so that's the the end of that particular quote right there. Now, when you read that, and of course this is a historical quote, we need to put it in, in, in context, and of course the Jesuits were banned by the Catholic Church mm. uh, back in 1773 because they'd become so out of control. Um, and then you look at what's happening in our world today and you really wonder, okay, is the solution to world peace, is it found by uniting church and state together? No. And when you, you know, the Bible is so clear on separation of church and state. Uh, your, your Old Testament constitution of Israel, church and state was to be separated. Jesus' model of government, you know, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and God what belongs to God and don't go mixing the two together. Uh, we look at it our world today and wherever you have a union of church and state, you have religious persecution. And it doesn't matter what kind of religion it is, mm. it doesn't matter whether it's Christianity. And that's embarrassing for me as a Christian to say, but that's the reality. It doesn't matter whether it's Christianity. It doesn't matter whether it's Hinduism. It doesn't matter whether it's Buddhism. It doesn't matter whether it's Islam. Wherever you have a, a coming together of religion and politics, you have a disaster zone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is something that uh, I'm all for peace and... This is great that Pope Francis is doing something for peace and I pray to God that peace comes out as a result of this. Mm-hmm. But I have a fear of uniting church and state together in that whole process.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you 100%. I've never, ever seen a, a union of church and state work successfully for humanity.
0: You know, when we forget history, mm. you know, and we simply need to read the history of the last 2,000 years, um, if you want to, if you want to see this illustrated so powerfully over and over and over again, uh, just study your history. Because if we r- refuse to learn from the mistakes of the past, we are condemned to repeat them. Absolutely. Let's keep these two separate from each other.
1: If you have an opinion, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. You can weigh in on this topic. What do you think about the union of church and state? This is Marion Blythe Peppers. There is a fountain. <music>
0: That was Marion Blythe Peppers There is a fountain we have Joining us in the studio here Darren Pratt, Darren welcome to the show Yes it's great to be here And of course you're a, uh, a, bit, of a, a bit of a veteran here On uh, Faith FM We've uh, had your um, uh, you've had, We've had your program um, A number of times uh, Where you've talked about uh, you know, family And children and so forth, it's been fantastic So we're really glad that we're able to interview you this morning Yeah, Good to be here now, um, <coughs>
1: um, it is a bit weird actually hearing your voice um, coming through the radio right next to me because usually I'm 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 listening to you on our broadcast. So having you in person is actually quite a treat. Yes. And how are you enjoying camp?
4: Oh, it's been flat out, running to and through. I look after six-tenths for children's ministries. Six-tenths? Yes, yes. How
1: do you even have time to come into our
4: studio? (laughs) I always make time for Faith FM. It's great to be here. Oh, bless your heart. So We're about to start at nine o'clock, so it's sort of um, the pre-build-up to the day. But um, troubleshooting is all I do, running in circles, making sure they all function, and um, look after our hundreds of children on the ground. Fantastic. How many (laughs) do you have? Um, About um. Six or seven hundred children here wow. in our tents. So. Oh my! So this is something that uh, okay. So if
0: you're in the local area and you have children, bring them along. This will be an event not to be missed. And we've been talking about this all week. That uh, you know, it's just fantastic opportunity for um, for people to bring their families along too. Now, with your six, uh, you, you mentioned you've got, what, six different
4: tents? Six, six different, tents I oversee, six yes. Okay,
0: so what are the, how do they break up into different age brackets?
4: Yes, well, we have beginners, um, and they're the naught to two-year-old kids, um, the babies, and they're doing under the sea. So, if you walk into their tent, oh, how cool. you've got fish hanging everywhere, you've oh, got how great cool. big whales, you've got, um, yeah, all sorts of things they're doing under the sea, and they're learning about the fact that God made the fishes and God made me. Oh, fantastic. That's okay. So cute.
0: So um yeah, we we you don't have to go to the beach. You can just go there.
1: I know,
4: there I one. just go to the kids'
1: tent. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, then and you go fun. to Kindy and they're doing God's backyard. So it's all about the backyard and what God made in our backyard. So there's there's play gyms and there's a farm there with um chooks and chickens hatching and wow. they're planting their own plant in the um in the garden section to take home and plant in the garden. So it's all about encouraging them to get outdoors and enjoy the outdoors. Did you did you have you had a chicken actually hatch? This week? Yes, we've had four hatch so far. Four oh. more coming today. how uh, How many are you hoping for all up? Um I've got to about a dozen in there, so just enough to um let the kids see one hatching and yep. enjoy that wonder. Can I just so.
1: ask what happens to the chickens at the end of camp?
4: I have someone taking them oh, already. Rats. <laughs> I was like, Can
1: it be me? <laughs> and then
4: you go up to um, early primary. So, no, no, they're not going to be eaten.
1: No. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't asking because I was concerned, so I was going to eat them, but I did want to know if I could be their mummy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> We've found a daddy and a mummy already, uh, but the kids are just loving um, watching a chicken hatch and planting a plant and enjoying the wonders of um, the backyard. So. It, okay. kind
1: of, it kind of makes me wish I was a kid again. This sounds like so much fun. And you said you had six, so that's the first three or two? Two. It?
4: third one is early primary, so mm-hmm. that's our um, five, six, seven-year-olds. And they're doing the idea of shipwreck.
1: Oh, so there's a the, bit of an adventure element.
4: It is, it is. And um, they're um, learning about the fact that um, God rescues you. That's mm-hmm. our overall theme. So. Oh, that's
1: great.
0: So so do, they ha- yeah. do they have a shipwreck in there?
4: They've got a big shipwrecked backdrop, so there's a ship wrecked on a reef that they can see there. Mm Palms and seagulls, and all those things. So, like, they're on a deserted island. That's where they are. Oh, so.
0: fantastic. Well, see, there you go. You don't need, okay, so if you want to go snorkeling, go yeah. to the uh, <laughs> <Shipwreck> to, to <laughs> the, and, and to, the, to the young one, and a little bit older, you can just go to the beach and sit there beside a shipwreck on a deserted island. That's yeah, so cool, surrounded by a couple of hundred kids, all having
1: fun
4: and being and, and learning about being rescued. By so, guns. what's the
1: <laughs> next age bracket?
4: You go up to um. Upper primary, that's our um, eight, nine-year-olds, mm-hmm. and they have a mighty fortress. So there's a palace in there. There's a whole wall and there's a castle oh, built inside wow. the tent. And they're learning about some of the great kings and queens of history, especially in the Bible, mm-hmm. and the idea that in Jesus the victory is won.
1: Wow. This sounds so cool, like yeah. a palace. Does it have like a tower with like a turret, are those things are yes, called? Yes, it's all
4: there. You can walk, oh. you actually walk through the castle to get inside the tent. So. I, I
1: know I'm not a kid, but can I get away with having a quick sticky bit? Can I go in the tent and have a look or is it, you know, kids You're more only? than welcome. Oh, more than
0: welcome. Cool. Come for a walk and have a look through. You have a, uh, what do they call it, a... Um a uh, journalist uh, pass kind of thing yeah, So yeah, yeah. you get special privileges yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we could get I'm you a
4: press. special pass in there <laughs>
1: <laughs> And you've got two more tents yes. Who are they?
4: Juniors, which mm-hmm. is our 10, 11, 12 year olds Interesting, we had the power go out last night While our preacher was preaching That would have been oh. very exciting for a whole bunch oh, of tents yeah. With, <laughs> yeah, with yeah, there's kids A hundred odd juniors in there Which in the dark was quite interesting <laughs> But I got my car, brought my car around And um, shone the car Lights oh, into the tent, yep. and Kojo, our preacher, kept on preaching. Amen. Did an altar call, and eighty kids responded to oh the altar Christ call. Praise Baptism. So, so that's, that's just amazing.
0: So, this is between the ages of what nine and ten to twelve. Ten to twelve. So, ten to twelve. We've got eighty young people that have made a decision for baptism. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Um, when is the best age for somebody to be baptized?
4: I um, My research is saying, I read, is um, and anecdotal evidence is saying 10, 11, 12 is the exact age group to to make sure you reach them. There's what we call the 4 to 14 window. Right. And you can Google that and you'll see a whole lot of research around the 4 to 14 window. Mm-hmm. If we don't reach a child for Jesus in that age bracket, you're up against it after that from 14 onwards.
0: Okay, so a lot of our, a lot of our young people in churches around the country um, tend to drift through that period – yeah, um, possibly because nobody's ever actually asked them to that's, be baptized? That's
4: correct. No one's asked them, or alternatively, they've responded and responded and responded to various altar calls, and no one's followed them up because I think they're too young.
0: Mm. Why, why do people think that they're too young to be baptized and give their life to God?
4: Some we think they've got to be older, maybe 17, 18, so that they can have all the theory worked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, you can you can know all the theory and the, and, and, and the Bible doctrine so much better later on, but uh, don't we have a high turno- fall-away rate? Uh, we, of, do. People have, uh, we do, we mm.
4: do. And um, Jesus said, when you read the Bible, he said, let the children come to me mm-hmm. and do not hinder them. Mm-hmm. So I asked my pastors and my leaders, what do we do or don't do that hinders children getting to Jesus? Um, there's that natural age bracket, which I think Jesus was very aware of, that they will respond we don't follow them up, then, yes, there will be a falling away.
0: Okay, so you have a falling away amongst teenagers, either which way. Um, those that are baptised, you know, in, in that 4 to 14 yep. um, gap, that you, do they have a higher possibility or, or statistically of coming back?
4: Yes, yes. The saying that even if they do fall away, and I'm one stat that I never fall away. I made my decision when I was um, 10, mm-hmm. baptised at 11, and I've never fallen away. Um and I want to see our kids do that. But yeah, if they do, I was, I was baptized when I was nine. Well, I talk to most most and, Christians, and, and, and they're and, always made the decision early.
0: And this is back, you know, back in the seventies when you just did not baptize somebody at the age of nine. But uh, yeah, I had a pastor, and I, I requested baptism, and so he took me through a series of studies and uh, and went ahead with the baptism. And praise God for that.
4: Well, both both my children baptized at ten. Mm-hmm. Um, my son's now just in his fourth year of theology, and he said, if he didn't baptize me then, Dad. I don't know where I'll be today. Well, um, we have
1: so many people that come in and do our interview, and a lot of them, you know, they were baptised at that age bracket as well. So
4: it, it is the age bracket, and even if they do fall away, um, stats are saying that generally there's a tie there because they made that early decision, and and they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it might take another five, ten years, but they do return. So, so baptising when they ask for it is the thing to do,
0: and ask them. If they would Like to be Yes toe. So 80 young People
4: That's, that's so, something To praise God yeah, For today you Making know, the decision just, To follow oh, Jesus wow. Is
1: always appropriate That
4: is but so you've exciting But have got one More tent One more tent yes. Which is what I Call the family Ministries tent Oh so That's one I Actually look after The other ones I Oversee Make sure they're <laughs> Functioning and Troubleshoot uh-huh. But this one is One I should look After and that's Where we do all Our seminars and Workshops Um Today, we're doing one on children and pornography mm-hmm. um, and the devices. We were just talking about that just yeah, before we you came on air. Yes, well, we're going into a seminar today just looking at... It's a pretty hard topic and a confronting topic, but it's something that we as parents all need to be aware of. At, what age, at what age do children start looking at pornography? Oh, it's, it's early. It's five, six, seven. I say by the age of 11, 90% of our kids have viewed pornography either accidentally or intentionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if they're on a device... You can guarantee that most likely have somehow seen porn. That's, that's, that is just the startling statistic of what's happening to our kids right now. Well,
1: our society is so drenched in in pornographic material. I think it's foolishness, um, especially for a church to say, "Oh no, we don't want this to happen," and therefore we're not going to address it. Like it is happening, and we do need to address it, whether or not as parents, you know, we like it. And so I think it's a, a very. I saw an advertisement actually for it. Um, I think in one of the uh, in one of the um, on the walls, I had a poster for the children in pornography, and I was like, "I'm so glad that this uh, particular conference is, uh, is is surging forward with that kind of information, those kind of workshops, and just arming ourselves because that's what we need to do to, to yeah. fight pornography." It's
4: been called the new drug. Yeah, um, absolutely. A bit like cocaine, gets into the brain. It actually actually rewires our kids' brains, and it's really hard for these kids once they're hooked to recover from it so Mm. we need to get in and fight it now rather than just assume that it's not happening because
1: yeah and then have a massive problem down the road
4: yes if your kids have devices I say if they've got a device especially in their bedrooms then then you can almost guarantee that they're they're accessing it because it's just one click away Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's the trouble that we're facing as a I guess as a nation right now is, is what it's doing to our boys, but mm-hmm. also to our girls, but mainly our boys who mm-hmm. are um, – I was reading a stat just last week um, in a book called Screen Schooled. You can buy the book in our good bookstores. And what they said there is the average teen boy is viewing seven pornographic YouTube video clips a day. Wow. Now, that just threw me when I read that. In mm-hmm. fact, people challenged me and said, where's the stat? Um, how do you know? And I said, well, this is research. Um and and I wrote to the people and said, "Can you verify that?" They said, "Yes, we can. It's definitely." And they sent me research to verify that this is going on. And that just threw me that this is what our kids are doing.
0: Yeah, and we were talking earlier about how that you know we have this Me Too campaign, which uh, which one you know we're trying to teach our young men and in, in particular to respect women. Yes. And so you've got that coming from one side, which is which is great, but it's really just putting a Band-Aid on the outside of a uh, of, of a cancer because you've got pornography teaching them you know the exact opposite. From the other side, mm. to disrespect women and to treat them as you know just objects of personal gratification, and this yeah, you know, it's a t- it's a
4: terrible. Well, thing. well the, the worry is um, that kids are taking their sexual script, so they're learning their sex education from what you might call violent pornography Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. it's not just um, what you might call soft porn this is really hard porn they're viewing online Mm -hmm. and the kids are taking a sexual script from that and then acting it out in their relationships later on and and it's just tragic because our girls are traumatized and so are boys because they don't understand what is what our parents and our teachers need to make sure that they are teaching our kids healthy relationships early now early in life um, so that they know what it means to respect and to love, and to love as God intended.
0: Mm-hmm. And how to say no. And I was just looking at this um, this uh, news report that just came in uh, from India where um, this guru, Azaram Bapu, who has millions of followers, has just been jailed for life uh, for raping a 16-year-old girl. And, uh, you know, and, and of course in India, they've, they've passed the death penalty for, you know, abuse of children under the age of 12, mm, which is, mm. which sounds very, very severe. But when you look at, you know, some of the driving forces behind this, surely
4: pornography has a role to play in this. Oh, well, the reason for saying this definitely is a role to play in that. And, um, yeah, it, it's something that, um, as I said, it's blinded society in some ways because. Parents don't understand technology well. It's the first generation Mm -hmm. where children know more about their devices and how to access things and what parents do. Mm. And so it really has blindsided our parents. And I would encourage parents to get along to seminars, get along to training and learn what's going on so that we can take the driving wheel back in parenting our children.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, you know, as a parent myself, uh, and, you know, I come from that era that, uh, you know, was definitely, you know, analog. Um, I can remember the first computer they ever saw. But, you know, you know, phones come along, and of course, you hand your old phone down to, you, down to your kids. <laughs> That's and you right. don't even stop and think about it It's like, oh, this is so much so convenient. But you've just handed your child unlimited access to the most violent pornography that you can even think of. And that I think as adults, we often don't think of. Um, and and you've you've given them unlimited access to it.
1: There's a lot more to to this discussion, but we're just going to the last minute. So I just want you to – you've brought in a little magazine here, and I'm sure this is something that people can get at your workshop. Can you tell our listeners where they can go to hear this workshop and what time it is and – Yes, I'm,
4: today it's in the family ministries tent, and it's on this afternoon. I'm pretty sure, if I'm correct, off the top of my head, it's three till four. But mm-hmm. check the app, check the program. When you come here. Um, we have three workshops running today. There, we've got Happy Hands, which is a children's outreach program that um, am running churches and schools. And we're also discussing domestic violence as well. So so they're the three workshops today in the family mission. From two until four are those three workshops. Darren, thank you
0: so much for coming in and joining us today. Your passion for children and for family ministries is just something that we we, we appreciate so much. And uh, thank you for what you are doing. Enjoy your camp. Thank (laughs) you. Okay, we're going to listen to Josh Cunningham. Of course, he's live here at camp. You can hear him in the Connections tent.
5: i be forgiven Guess I owe you some kind of apology I've escaped that so many times I know I'm only living By the saving grace that's over me This time, I'd have thought I would be sleeping in a pine box for all eternity. Yeah. Well, my faith keeps me alive, but I still be weeping. But for the saving grace that's over me. The death of life, then comes the resurrection Wherever I am welcome into where I'll be I put all my confidence in Him My soul protection Is the saving grace that's over me devil's shining light, it can be most blinding But the search for love, it ain't no more than vanity And as I look around this world, all that I'm finding Is the saving grace that's over me Well, when you know no peace, and you just can't fake it. Well, there's only one road, and it leads to Calvary. It gets discouraging at times, but I know I'll make it. By the saving grace that's over me.